This episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by VO2GoGo, the award-winning voiceover training system and winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best VO Training four years in a row. Visit VO2GoGo.com slash start for a free getting started in voiceover online class that will help you add voiceover to your acting portfolio. That's VO2GoGo.com slash start. Hello and welcome to episode 125 of Inside Acting. My name is Trevor Elgott. And I'm AJ Meyer. And on this podcast, we interview actors and writers and directors and filmmakers and producers and managers and agents and casting directors. Put those interviews online, basically, for anybody who wants to listen to them. And who knows who those people are <laughs> after a buck and a quarter uh, uh, episodes. Right. And, uh, you know, we are just two dudes with a podcast. And though we have had a lot of awesome experiences in the entertainment industry, we certainly are not uh, the end-all, be-all. So we encourage and appreciate any interaction with our listeners, uh, voicemails, emails, getting your voice on the podcast, whether it's, you know, agreements, dissent, questions, comments, predictions, so you can figure out how to get a hold of us, all the various ways of getting a hold of us, at our website, InsideActingPodcast.com. And on today's episode, we have part two of our chat with casting director Gerilyn Flood. She's cast a bunch of stuff, most notably Good Luck Charlie and Big Time Rush. And in the second part of this chat, she really gets into kind of some of the, well, at least I think, the stuff that most actors kind of wonder about when it comes to a casting director's kind of mindset uh, on the other side of the table. So... Lots of goodness waiting for you there, so make sure you guys stick around. What up, Trev? What up, dude? Buck and a quarter, baby. Buck... And a quarter. Buck and a quarter. Buck and a quarter. 125. 100 and... 100 and... $1.25, please. Yes. Sorry, I had to. Any Adam Sandler fans out there? Like, way back Adam Sandler fans? That's kind of a weird thing that doesn't exist anymore, huh? Like, like comedy CD? Yeah. I mean, people... Like the skits on... I guess people still do it, but it's really rare. Like, that was such a big... Because I had those... Yeah. Those CDs. So we have some acknowledgments we want to just uh, kind of mention before we roll into the meat of the episode here. So uh, first off, our patron of the week is longtime listener and longtime patron, like several years worth of patronage uh, from Emily LeClaire. And Emily, we had the honor of meeting actually in person one day after, I think, a show. She came to a, a show we did in... Um, we did it uh, at the powerhouse. powerhouse. Yeah, I think I think she was in town and she actually came to see the show. Yeah, was it? Uh, I think it was First Squad. It right? might have been like the first version of First Squad. Oh, the workshop. I think so. But yeah. I, I remember that's a that's a fan. That's a that's a fan. That's somebody who's been around a while. Yeah, if you were yeah. at the workshop of that show. Yeah, that was a while ago. <laughs> but I remember meeting her and she's a total sweetheart, absolutely beautiful. And um, the only link we have for her is her Twitter page. But uh, her Twitter bio says she's an actor, improviser, executive assistant at Jones Dilworth Inc., a knitter. 
and a WNBA hopeful in Chicago, Illinois. Nice. So, um, sounds like, uh, quite a catch, fellas. <laughs> Get it. If you're in Chicago, look her up. Yeah, so we got a link to, to her, uh, I like how we her... went from, like, patron of the week to, like, matchmaker. I know. She could have a boyfriend. She could be married for all oh, we know. We're just like she definitely is. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, we wanted we wanted to give her a shout out because she's been really supportive over the years. And um, Emily, thank you so much for your supported your continued support. And uh, head over to our website. Anybody listening to this to get the scoop on her. Uh, she put it like a, an applause button at yeah. the end of our patron. They keep woo. And we also. I uh, wanted to send a quick acknowledgement to a listener named Michael who sent us uh, a really awesome email that was kind of like one part like autobiography and one part um, like warm, fuzzy, like dessert. Like it was just am- it was amazing. It was <laughs> yeah. like it, it basically he just wrote us and, and let us know how much how the podcast has informed his journey and then also kind of gave us a, a an overview of his journey. And it was, it really resonated for me because it was so, it was very much like an inner journey, which was, which was awesome. And he kept relating his experiences back to, you know, Shakespeare quotes and, and famous lines from Shakespeare plays. And it was just, it was cool, man. It was really awesome to hear such an in-depth kind of um, story, I guess, from one of our listeners. Yeah. And someone who's like, not only doing it, but doing it with a sense of, I guess the right, I guess the word is purpose. You know, he just yeah. has such a sense of like, he, knowing himself and, <clears throat> and having a, like you said, an emotional history behind why he's an actor and what, why he's doing what he's doing. It, yeah, it's it'd be really good to read. That's it, a really yeah, good point. It's, yeah. it's, it's a bit long <clears throat> to kind of rehash here, but, uh, suffice to say, it was really awesome to hear that. So thank you, Michael, for, writing in and sharing your journey with us. And thank you, Matt. Uh, he was, he was yeah. introduced to us from his friend, Matt, who's also been a longtime listener of the two of them went to school together. So that was yeah. awesome. Thanks guys. Both of you. Totally. Big, big shout out there. So, uh, how you doing, man? How was your Thanksgiving? <laughs> it was great. Thanksgiving was great. Uh, I, I have a massive family on both my mom and dad's side. So there's always <clears throat> a lot of people and a lot of food at at holidays, and then we all went camping this year. Yeah, you're kind of an unorthodox. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So we well, we did holiday. the normal sort of the normal. What is normal? We did the uh, traditional Thanksgiving uh, feast at my cousin's house, um, and that included a uh, turkey bowl in the morning, which was awesome. My sister's a PE teacher, so she had flags that she brought, and we played flag football. Awesome. And it's like the third year that they've done this. And I was telling you last night that there's something I think. I, I don't know if this is a boy thing. I don't want to be sexist, but it seems to me like if I was talking to a girl about this, they might not quite understand, at least when it comes to sports. But there's something about like catching the ball, <laughs> playing football and like catching the ball and running that as a <clears throat> for me anyway, like I went into this whole different place, like this whole world. I was in this zone where, I mean, I could have been running in slow motion with, you know, movie music soundtrack. Yeah, exactly. In the background. Yeah. Chariots of fire, like, uh, you know, dodging, weaving. Anyway, that was uh, fun. And then we went out to um, Joshua Tree National Park um, here in Southern California. Um, Really beautiful place if you've never been. Uh, or if you're in Europe listening to this, Google that shite. Um, it's it's amazing. It's, awesome. a, it's a really, 
really cool place. Any sort of industry <laughs> activity over the past week, or um, I have a meeting right after we're done recording. Yeah, um, which that's I. I was trying to think on the way over here what sort of lessons to pass on or what what the big learn was, and I couldn't really think of anything other than. the way that it happened, which was just weird. Um, For some reason, there was a typo in my name. And even though the casting directors, so the casting directors who cast this TV show I'm going in for today, um, cast Heathers. So they know me really well. And that's why they wanted, that's why they're calling me in. But the casting associate, somehow there was like a typo and he couldn't find me online like <clears throat> he couldn't find me on like the actors access the the, the sort of the casting websites right. the, the breakdowns websites and so they had my email the casting directors from heathers had my email so he emailed me directly so like at eight o'clock last night i got this random email from a casting associate with all of the details of the audition and that's like a weird it's kind of if you have representation as an actor, the, those the, those who are listening who have representation know what I'm talking about. That's kind of – it's not really like a panicky moment. It's just like a I don't understand what's happening type moment mm-hmm. because you usually get the confirmations and stuff from your agent or your manager. So I forwarded it to my manager and – you know, long story short, the cool thing that happened out of this is that it created a dialogue between because the ca- the casting associate responded immediately, so it created this dialogue that I got to be a part of between my manager and the casting associate. And what that included was not only a hey, sorry, like I couldn't find him, da da da, but you know, I I have now put in you know his agent, his manager. We have you guys on file. Don't worry about that. But it also included additional character description <clears throat> like the casting associate was like expounding on the breakdown of the character and he was like yeah we kind of see him as like this kind of character da, da, da. so not only did i get the breakdown but i got this paragraph long thing from the casting associate about how they see this character so it's like this gold mine that's really setting me up to win and i just have like so much confidence going into this audition because I know the casting directors. They're bringing me in straight to producers, which I've gone in for this particular show. I've gone to producers before. So I might even know the person on the couch. I don't know. Um, And I have all this meat for the actual role itself. So I'm, I'm just... I'm stoked about it. And it's a guest star. So yeah, it'd with, be my first with, guest star. With some big, <clears throat> some big kind of recognizable names. Yeah. 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 Now, you said that you got like a character description or how, they, how the casting director or the producers see the character. Does that not usually go out? Well, the breakdown to does. To the actors? The breakdown right. does. Um, well, the, actually, breakdowns don't go out to the actors. Um, so the breakdown was not included in the initial random email that I got late last night first of all um and then my manager said hey i recognize this i remember submitting you for this i'm gonna go look for it so she went and found the breakdown and sent me the breakdown but the breakdown was kind of confusing and i picked out the clues that i could and i was actually um for the most part accurate with my guesses um about the kind of character that the guy was but because he hadn't included the breakdown in the original email. I think she was able to use that as a kind of like what, you know, tell us about this character. And so then he sent even more 
of a description. And it's that paragraph that really solidified the choices that I'm, that I'm going to make. Now the script is still unfinished and they've said that, and they said that there's room for interpretation, but I really feel like the, um, choice that I'm going in with will be very unique to me. So, so this, this paragraph, this description, was this typed out by the casting associates? Yeah. Like specifically for you? Or, or me just, slash my manager. Yeah. So it's, he didn't like copy the, and paste it from like the general notice. No, okay. No, well, that's it, huge. It yeah. wasn't part of the breakdown. That's, I understand now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And, and so it's really informed the choices that I've made and I'm really excited about it because, well, two things. Number one, I don't think I would have made the choices that I'm making going in there had I not known all of this, had I not like gotten this, um, this added paragraph and number two, um, <clears throat> it really taught me a lot about about choices, the choices that I can make with a, with a script. Because basically, I'll, I'll give a real quick description. It's a bartender who's also an actor, and he invites the um, the series leads to come see his show when they're at his bar. The script reads like he's like this, um, you know, arrogant. Um, kind of smarmy dude. Now that I have read the descript- the breakdown and the description from the casting associate, it's more like he's really wide-eyed and like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and naive and excited. Like you know, hey, come check out my show. And then it turns out he's terrible. That's the like joke of the of the episode is that right. he's a really bad actor. But it, on, upon first read, I never would have made the choice to go in and 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 being that it's a comedy, that's a more positive choice to be you know naive and like excited and and whatever as opposed to you know arrogant and jaded and smarmy and and that kind of thing. Um, so I'm just I'm 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 super excited about it and and I also feel like I guess that was my big learn. Is like getting underneath the the text mm-hmm. in a way that I probably wouldn't have had I had this whole weird email exchange thing not happened. How funny. You know what I mean? I feel like this is one of those <clears throat> stories that you'll be telling in five years, ten years on Conan and be like well it'll be like, you know, how how did how did it work for you? What like what was the secret to your success? And you'd be like, dude, my <laughs> name actually, got spelled wrong. My name got and spelled I got wrong. some special nugget that nobody else got <laughs> like it was just total luck. Like, you know yeah. <laughs> one of those things. Yeah, absolutely. That's so someone funny, misspelled man. my name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. cool. Well, break a leg, dude. I'm, that's really exciting. I have a really good feeling about this one for you. I and do too. Um, it, given that you have so many connections and people have seen your work and they called like direct, it just, it just sounds like you're really set up to win here. So, yeah. So, yeah, um, definitely. I'm, I'm excited about awesome, it. Awesome, man. Rock and awesome. roll. Awesome. Um, any, any industry news outside of you? You were, uh, up north for Thanksgiving, yeah, I, right? I drove to Mendocino for, for the, uh, holiday and that's like nine and a half hours from LA. So it was, it was a bit of a haul each way. Um, but it was cool. Uh, the big news is I got the final cut of the film, the midnight monster that I shot oh, uh, a while ago. So I actually have that now on my computer and it's, it's password protected on Vimeo. <laughs> we're going to have a screening tomorrow night at one of the actors houses and, um, we're all going to watch it on the big screen, but, oh. uh, it was cool, man. You know, I, I watched the, the cut of it and, um, it's hard to watch myself, but, 
it's a fun ride. How it long? It looks gorgeous. It's like 14, 15 minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. If you Before you leave, if you want to watch it, I can I definitely do. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> We're definitely watching that before I go. Cool. For so, sure. But, uh, but that was the big one. You know, like I'm, I'm stoked to get that. I now have, I now have like four or five really good pieces of, of footage that I can cut into my reel that I haven't yet. Like the reel I have now, I'm, I'm pretty happy with. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. And now I have all this other good stuff that I got to put in there. So I'm going to have to start, you know, sacrificing some babies sure. a little bit with my reel here. Yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise it's going to be five minutes long and ain't nobody going to watch a five minute reel. Well, give me the problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. jeez, That's yeah. awesome. So the new scenes that you say you want to add to your reel, are they all from Midnight Monster or you just no, have some other stuff that I have, you haven't I, added yet? Yeah. I have that thing with, um, that I shot with rapid reels uh, a few, a oh, few right. months ago. Like uh-huh. I've gotten great feedback on that and you know, there's some good stuff there. I've got the air pirates thing. I've got the web series, the web love thing. I've got, uh, this new short film I'm going to shoot next week with TJ and, uh, one of his students, Patrick, um, so, and then the midnight monster. So. It, it, it sounds like based on what I know of your reel now and some of those things you just mentioned, it sounds like you actually might have enough footage not to make a five minute reel, but to make a dramatic and a comedic. I think I do. do and you, I, I mean, do you think it might be yeah. time for that? I, I'm not sure. I, I never quite, I mean, I guess, I guess I understand the purpose of it, but to me, it's like a dramatic and a comedic reel. And maybe I'm totally outing myself as ignorant in this area right now, but a dramatic and comedic reel seemed to me like kind of one of those actor conventions that are less effective or less necessary than many of us believe. They, they kind of seem like the headshot where you're dressed up as a fireman, you know, or the mm. headshot where you're dressed up as a doctor or a police officer. Yeah, I see, I see, like I see exactly what you're talking about. And if I was going to play devil's advocate, the only thing that I would add to that is... Um, is instead of you using it as a tool, your representation using it as a tool, that that actually I think that might be a different um, a different take. Ha! Huh? No pun intended. Um, <laughs> That's a good point. But like you know, if you if they were submitting you, if they were cold submitting you for this for this role uh, in like a um, a feature film or a, a TV series or something, and you're like a no name. And they're like really pushing you and they're saying like, look, here's his dramatic reel or like, look, here's his comedic reel. Like he can do like really broad comedy just like this show or he can do, you know, this really um, intense stuff that you're, you know, that you're going to need for this, for this yeah, role. Yeah. Um, and yeah, cause I, I get what you're saying. It's more, it seems, um, it saves time for the casting director. Still have to watch a reel and wade through dramatic scenes when they're looking for somebody for a sitcom. Right, right. Yeah. But, well, but yeah, exactly, exactly. I think I think to combine them all though is like it, that seems to me like more like an actor tool. If you're, for instance, if you're trying to get representation, like a manager or an agent or hell, I don't know, like a publicist. If you, need, you know what I mean, like right. Uh, or if you, if it's sort of like a general, more general thing, like you just want a, a casting director to like know your work. Uh-huh. Um, like say you meet them somewhere, like Gerilyn, like say, you know, you, you interview her, her and she's like, hey, you should send me your stuff. You know, you could send her one or you could send her both your dramatic and comedic. Yeah, and she primarily casts comedy. So yeah, there it'd, you be, go. it'd so, be effective yeah. to have something that's tailored to that. Yeah, no, that's that's <clears throat> those are all really good points. I should just go ahead and ask Carl, my agent, what what he what he needs and what he thinks is best. Yeah, for me, I think I think the reason I I come from that place of like 
of like one reel to rule them all, <laughs> uh, you know, or one headshot to rule them all is because it, it feels a little hokey to me as an actor to box myself up into like categories or whatnot. But in, in reality, that's kind of the way the industry works. And if you're thinking about like the fact that that casting associate emailed you at eight o'clock or eight thirty on a Monday night after Thanksgiving weekend, that just shows you how diligent, not how diligent, but how hardworking these people are. Yeah. And those, that's the hours this person's keeping. And you wrote him back and he wrote you right back yeah. at like nine o'clock. So yeah. he's working or she's working at, at nine o'clock on a Monday night. Yeah. When most people are done for the day. Yeah. So that just goes to show specificity and giving them, you know, those tools is, is, is effective. You know, I don't have any fireman or police officer or doctor headshots because <laughs> I just refuse to do that. <laughs> but I think having a headshot that just gives a, a subtle hint of that could be effective and it makes their job easier. So at 830 yeah. on Monday night when they don't want to be working, when they'd much rather be watching whatever TV show or, or just vegging out. At least it makes it that much easier for them to make a call and yeah, the you know the twelve hundredth picture they've come across that day. Well, the other thing it reminds me of is remember that girl that was in the we talked about this on the podcast like two years ago. There was that girl who was in the Mark Atterbury like little workshop et thing that he did for um, Actor Fest that we <clears> went to the one that we went yeah. to where we first yeah. met him that he was like he was selling his type workshop and stuff. Um, at this little workshop at ActorFest, there was that girl who like kept raising her hand and she would say things like, I don't want to get pigeonholed. Right. And she, it would be like three quarters <laughs> of the way into the class. And, and everybody who was getting what Mark was saying was like, why? Like she was almost eaten alive <laughs> in yeah. this room because everybody was like, that's, that's what you want. It's the opposite of mm-hmm. what, you know, I think. I think actors sort of come out of like the theater world, like high school theater, college theater, where they're playing like 60 year old, you know, as a man, 60 year old women and like, you know, babies in diapers and stuff like just this whole range of, of roles. And then when you get into film and television, it's so damn specific about who you are and your type and what you bring to the table that it, we have to change our, our, our mindset. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the, example he used was Pamela Anderson. And he said like her whole entire career was built on typecast. Wow. And I, um, you know, I mean, she's not, you could argue about her acting abilities, but you can't deny that she's kind of a mega celebrity, or at least used to be a mega celebrity. Like she's set for life. Yeah. And she built her entire career on like the attractive blonde with a big chest and you know, like that, that's her thing. That's her type. And yeah, you know, you can go off and do the, drug addict role or the, you know, like whatever kind of like fringe role you want to do to prove that you're an actor, like a lot of actors do. But, uh, the fact is that was her way in, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't start off usually, you know, these, these big movie stars didn't usually start off being the chameleon. You know, they, they started off by being boom, what you think they would be the minute they walk through the door. And then from there, once they've solidified that, they can branch out. Right. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, now, now I'm like eating my words from ten minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's all learning process. It's all learning. it's all happening. Well, uh, let's roll into part two with uh, Geraldine Flood. Let's do it to it. This is a little bit of a longer interview than we usually do uh, for this, the parts, but um, just couldn't couldn't cut anything. It's just too good. So I know you guys will dig this part and uh, take notes because there's a lot of good stuff here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we'll see you on the other side.
I, I feel like, and let me know if I'm if I'm off base with this, but do you notice when actors come in um, when they're putting too much importance on an audition? I, I guess I, let me put this question another way. What I'm coming around to lately, in my experience, is that it, the importance of having a full life and having well, things going on outside of it. And I feel like the more I can almost, this is the wrong word, but almost distract myself mm-hmm. from the audition process and all that stuff that kind of gets actors in a knot, mm-hmm. the, the easier it is for me to just go in and just be bleh. Because you know what? If I don't get it, cool. Then I go off and do something I love right afterwards. And my life is full no matter what. I agree 5,000%. Like I always say to people who are mad or know, you know, like what's new and exciting. That's in, if I'm in an audition room with you, I'll say that what's new and exciting. And mm. if you say to me, I have a, I'm on a hold for a national commercial and I just went out for five auditions this week and that's really great. And I got a new manager. I kind of go, Oh, Okay, good, good for you. That's great. Wow. But if you say to me like, Oh my, cause what just happened to me, my, brother-in-law and his wife and their seven-month-old baby just visited for a week and that was just a whirlwind and boy babies take up a lot of space even they're so t- you know if you told me stuff person, like that yeah. then i'd be like oh are they cute and show me a photo and and also i remember who you are because i've had that moment with you and i can say to you the next time i see you how's your niece hmm. she a big girl like how's it going or we have a you know that we had a moment together gerilyn and you like that an actor who you know is auditioning and that makes a difference. It also lets me see who you are as a person, what your essence is. If you're telling me about your life and what you're passionate about, what's new and exciting, yeah. then I'm like, oh, I, ha- I know who you are now. Okay, I got that. Yeah, and I, I imagine that you'd feel a lot more comfortable hiring them for a gig, knowing Absolutely. that they're not going to be a whacter on set. You know, <laughs> They're not going to go on a set and try to network and do all this crazy right. stuff. They're just going to go in there and be a human being. Yeah. And totally. then and then the producer's not going to come back to you and be like, why did you bring us this version? Yeah, you know, but I I don't want to place too much... I don't want people hearing this and then beating themselves up right. that they said that yeah. to someone. That happened. Like, that's fine. That's who you are. That's If that's what the zone is, that's new and exciting for you, that's new and exciting for you. I just don't feel like I've gotten to see a different aspect of you. Right. It's not a... You know, like... And, and there are plenty of people who are super driven and super focused and that's all they talk about and they're successful. And then there are super people who are like that and don't have enough history and stuff to bring to the roles. Hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I think it's... <clears throat> and that's the thing I think people are always trying to find. How do you... There's no... There's no algorithm mm-hmm. for a successful actor. Mm-hmm. So what might work for one doesn't work for the other. And you have to find what's right for you. And you have to, the biggest thing is you have to listen to yourself and hear, no, that's not right. I don't mm. No, that's not for me. You know, my husband is a post-production uh, sound supervisor and people were saying to him, like, you need to network and you need to go out and you need to do this and you need to do that. And he came to me, he's like, do I need to really do this? He's like, incredibly good at what he does and incredibly dedicated and gives, you know, 75,000%. That's who he is. Like he's the most earnest, sweet guy on the planet. And I'm like, no, you need to be you because then you're putting on an ill-fitting suit for Mm -hmm. that whole time that you're working with these people pretending to be something you're not. That may mean you have less work because you're being honest and real, but the people who get you will get you and love you. You know, like he worked on Arrested Development and he's, Mitch was just awesome and lovely and they got each other. Like, that's what you want. Yeah. That's what you, you want the honest experience. Because if you're, 
if you're doing what you think I want, then I'm not getting a real moment. Yeah. And people pick up on that. Mm -hmm. I was at a seminar once where somebody said, raise your hand if you're smarter than everybody else here. (laughs) And everybody raised their hand. You I know, just because, almost did a spit take. Yeah, I want yeah. you all to know. I know. That. That's why I was laughing. I saw you. <laughs> I said that right as she was drinking from a water bottle. But but yeah, I mean, I think a lot of us walk around thinking that other people are just not as intelligent as we are, you know? And what, well, the mistake present is Present company that, excluded. Right. I mean, right, right. Of course, we're all brilliant. But, you know, it's calling tomorrow. Yeah, but man, there's idiots out there on the road today. <laughs> you know? But like, it's... And, we, I think we shortchange ourselves by thinking that other people don't notice these little nuances and these little details because mm-hmm. people are perceptive. And yeah, we all do dumb stuff and, and sometimes we're distracted, but like right. people are smart and they pick up on those things, you mm-hmm. know? Like, so, so like what you said, like they were with, um, with your husband was what I heard was be authentically you. You may not please everybody, yeah. but nobody could ever look at you and say he's being fake. Exactly. And man, that's a noodle bag for me right there. <laughs> <laughs> I just blew my own mind. <laughs> but um, I think it's true. I think so much of what we do, we're living in LA and my husband's from Northern California. So he's like a lot of like, you know, he's coming around to it, but <clears throat> it's any city where this is the major industry. You get a little crazy and people tell you things that, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years and you need to do X. Mm, mm-hmm. That worked for you. That's great. That's not who I am. And I can't do that. You know, like there's, I have friends who are super casting directors, super outgoing, super networky, know everybody and do all of that stuff. And, you know, or I, I, I'm not that girl. I'm just like, I have my like really good friends and I have those people who are in my corner and who believe in me and look out for me. I do the same for them. That's great. I'm cool. Mm-hmm. I have a good mm-hmm. life. If I don't get a job at X place, okay. Maybe next year. Maybe on the next yeah. one. Yeah. I'll try. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. It's not like I'm. But I don't beat myself up about like why aren't I further along? Eh, most of the time. Every now and again, I have those moments. <laughs> right. But right. I'm not like Ubers and living on a hill and yeah. chanting all the time. Like, yeah. Um, cool. So I have a, the next question I have okay. for you is something that I hope you can set the record straight for, or at least in your experience. Actor websites. Uh-huh. A lot of actors put a lot of energy and time into making sure their website looks top-notch because casting directors, in, specifically in film and television, are going to look at it. What I, From what I understand... You guys are crazy busy, and you don't have time to look at individual actor websites. And most of my actor friends who are working regularly don't have websites. Uh, you know, I it is. Um, I will tell this story. My sister loves that I tell this story, so I'll, and then I'll go into it. So, my sister Peggy, who's older but not wiser, um, I say that too often, uh, has the two. They were little girls at the time, and. Uh, we love both. We both love food, and so we're always calling each other, saying, "Oh, I just tried this, and you got to get it." Or, you know, Trader Joe's is king of that. Have you tried this? You got to eat that. You know, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So when Greek yogurt came out, she was like, "Oh my god, Greek yogurt! I cannot live without it. It is amazing. I eat it every day. I'm obsessed." And I was like, "Okay, okay. Thank you, some Greek yogurt. I'm gonna get Greek yogurt." She didn't explain that she put honey and nuts and dried <laughs> fruit in it. Just tried it plain. So I just took a big scoop. And spit it out into the sink and then promptly called and left a tirade on her voicemail saying, 
listen, I think your tongue is broken because if I wanted to eat sour cream, I would eat sour cream. I have no idea what you're talking about with this. This is disgusting. Clearly something is wrong with you. Um, And so she called me back and said, you know, I try and teach my daughters, you know, in that condescending way that older siblings get, um, that, you know, everybody's opinion is valid. So, you know, when the girls say it's gross, I don't like it, you, you know, that you change it to, to me, <laughs> it is not pleasing to you. It may be delicious, but to me, it is not pleasing. And so I say that to everybody about casting and about actors and about what people want. Cause I know Marcy Larf is a big fan of the, of the personal website and having a real online and all that stuff. And I think it is a value I don't know that it is maybe in the television world as valuable. I think maybe in features, it's a great way to get people on board because you have that time to get mm. people on board. Um, but I don't know that it's uh, as valuable in television in the day to day. I don't know of my friends who working in on TV shows and or I that I looked at net websites that often. You yeah. know, if someone if I if I had a friend an agent or a manager friend who was like, you got to see this person and they would know my instant messenger. They'll link, you know, send me the site. I'd look at it then or that sort of thing. But I don't know that it, but also if the agent or manager is a friend of mine and he's saying, you should see this person. I say, yes. Hmm. Okay. For the most part, if they know me and they know what I'm looking for and I've trusted them in the past, like, yeah. Okay. Sure. Cool. Cool. So how, how does an actor then, Let's say you meet them or you, you have an audition with them or rather they have an audition with you or a meeting, <laughs> a meeting, a meeting, <laughs> a meeting. and, uh, and you know, they, they want to keep in touch with you. They want to stay on your radar. The postcard thing, is that something that works for you? Yeah. I mean, I, to- I, l- I absolutely look at everything. Um, generally people I meet like in generals, uh, or at workshops that I do, I give them my email, an email address that I have and to yeah, that way they can keep in touch with me and then they don't, they're not paying the money to hmm. pay for the postage and all that stuff. I feel like actors have spent so much money and they save trees, you know, right. because really literally what I do is I look at it and I put it away or I, th- I throw it away, I'll, you know, because I, I watch a ridiculous amount of TV and I mean, it makes my husband laugh because both like we'll have both of our DVRs locked up, you know, recording two shows and, you know, September is just a clusterfuck. Like, don't touch that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I watch a lot of TV. So often it's like, oh, you know, there are, someone's on Castle. Great. I watch that show. Okay. I'll keep an eye out. Or someone's on this show. Okay. I'll keep an eye out. Oh, good for them. That's great. They're doing this. Or, you know, like I'm aware I keep it in mind. Like Sean, my brother-in-law is an actor and, and we went to my P.O. box once and I was looking through everything and I threw away some stuff and kept the photos that were, you know, why did you throw away those postcards, you know, as an actor? And I said, I watch all of those shows. I'll keep an eye out for them. I watch all of those shows. I know. And I'll tell you the names right now. Blah, 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 blah. And he was like, oh, okay. Sorry. You know, like (laughs) in that, but I, you know, I, you, you just, it's anything you do is a muscle. So I know to keep an eye out for that stuff and keep Mm. an eye out. So I think it's a value. Yes, totally. It's a great reminder. Um, I also think, you know, if you have a really great commercial that's running these days and there's so many commercials that are in a, in the moment, hilarious and awesome to send out a postcard for something like that totally makes sense to me because I've done that. I've hired people from postcards. I'm like, you're really funny. Cause so much now I think with commercials too, is a lot of improv that they let the people riff and, um, 
So having that, you know, like that's a great, I think that's a great idea. If you're in a national commercial somewhere that's really got some heat, then right. you should absolutely make people aware that you have theatrical representation as well. Right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So it's valuable for, for I think for so. Your... I mean, but then as I say to yeah. me, to you, <laughs> if you right. get another casting director in, they go, I never look, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but for me, yeah, it totally works. Is that your experience? You know, a lot of casting directors who are just like, God, I hate these postcards. Just Not a lot. It's just some people, I know some people look at them more, you know, I was in, I was on a panel with Liz Barnes, Keener now. Um, and I, I was working at Jeff's at the time she was at UDK and I said, just send one card to the office. You don't, you don't need to send three to one to each of us. We all look at it Mm -hmm. and it's true. We would share and look and then, you know, Jeff would ultimately get them to file. So I would have to make a note if there's somebody. And Liz said, no, that's not true at UDK. You have to send them to each of us because we don't share that information. It's too big. It was too big an office. And I was like, right. Okay. So there you have it right there that it's not, there's no blank statement in the same way that there's no blank statement. My husband just took up running and there's one pair of sneakers that his brother loves. And he was like, okay, I'm going to try them. And he tried them and he was like, I'm having foot pain. Is that good? I'm like, I'm thinking no, you know? And he's like, but Sean likes them. I'm like, yeah, but you're not Sean. Right, right, and right. he returned them, got another pair loves them. Great. Like that's so take the, you know, take recommendations. Yeah, yeah. And that's sometimes where I feel like the casting workshops can be a value to find out how offices work. And more than anything, you right, know, like right. they're like, what do you guys like? How do you guys work? What do you, so don't send cupcakes. Good to know. Don't wear perfume. Okay, great. You know, right. Wow, that's a really <coughs> valuable piece of, of, of information. I never thought of it that way that, that, yeah, this works for some, but not everybody. Mm-hmm. For some reason I, I was looking for like the rule. Totally. You know, I but think that's we all said, there's no, like, yeah. well, everybody, I mean, don't you think as humans, we try to make order out of the chaos yeah. that that's what we do. We try and see you know, patterns mm-hmm. to keep us sane. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, we'll go crazy. Yeah. Wow. That's great. So you mentioned cast director workshops, so mm-hmm. let's, let's reach this <laughs> subject. Okay. Uh, Cause it's, it's something that comes up in the podcast every, every so often. And, and we never really, it's impossible to kind of like quote unquote solve the, right. the dilemma, you know, mm-hmm. should actors pay to, to meet these people? Yes. Mm-hmm. No. Well, you're just building relationships. Yeah. But you're being taken advantage of. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've, we've examined this topic from many, many, many different angles and we've uh-huh. had guests on previously speak on both sides of the argument mm-hmm. for and against them. Um, but, uh, it sounds like like we were talking before we started recording and, and you had a lot of great information to share because you, well, I mean, cause you, you do the cast director workshops, I but do. you, but you also understand the beast mm-hmm. and you understand that, you know, maybe actors have expectations about, about what they're going to get from them and, and things that you try to make sure the value you try to bring when you actually do these workshops. So mm-hmm. what's your experience with workshops, both, both as someone who, who does them, right. who actually facilitates them, gives them and whatnot. And then also just kind of a, a more objective point of view on the workshop thing as it's, a whole. It's workshops are a hot button and I don't want to say one or the other. I do them. Yeah. I don't, I don't fault people who don't do them and don't believe in them. And that's great. That's awesome. Um, uh, if you, as an actor, if you have to make choices where you spend your money, you know, that in that everything, like, you know, new headshots, new, you know, all of, you know, paying for a website, paying for these things, you make your choices. Do you want to spend your money on a workshop or not? 
it's that's it's totally up to you i I do try and i would say if anything do your homework Mm -hmm. that is the biggest thing i i don't know i didn't do right when i started working in casting was when they put in the requirements to um that you had to be i think 16 months working in casting before you could do a workshop before that if you worked a week you could be a casting you know do a casting workshop i think that's right i don't know it's been a while 16 months I think that's right. Don't okay. quote me on it. Okay. It's, there's, but there's, there's some sort of measure in place. There, to... there were. It's on the Casting Society of America has guidelines on the website of how long you know what are the rules and that sort of thing. And um, there are rules out there as well for with the city, but I can't remember the the what branch. Um, okay. I just think you do your homework. I don't personally. I discourage my assistant from doing workshops. Not to say that I wouldn't take her advice and not to say, but she's not really in the room that much. And Mm. that is a difference. I think that uh, you have to be in the room to understand how an audition works and how to give positive, constructive feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I, I would look to make sure that I would have more of the associate for, you know, at least... Um, and see how the office works, you know, talk to your friends. Who did you like? Who did you, who did you meet? What was the, you know, to feel at least like those people that are doing the workshops are at least someone who comes up with lists and comes with, up with ideas for the roles. Right. Um, cause there's other, I've worked at places <clears throat> years ago where, you know, the associate would do workshops, but then never suggest anybody. And that's kind of crappy. Yeah, I think if that's the idea the is and, that, yeah. You're teaching a class and then also hoping to, I I don't know, for me, I get excited when I meet new actors I haven't met before and I do generals and I do all of that stuff and I've done free workshops and I've done, I've gone, I go to showcases, I do all of that stuff. Hmm. So it's exciting when I meet actors that I really just dig and want them to succeed. Like I was saying, my friend, Sean Ryan, um, and his husband, John Ainsworth, who's his birthday today? Happy birthday, John. Uh, I met at a workshop. And they said, you know, we, we have this theater camp that we do and we became friends just, um, now I went to his theater camp up in San Car in the San Jose mountains and love him, adore him, go to see his cabaret. And you like, I, there's other things that come of it. And yeah, because yeah. I, um, so I, I find them a value, uh, other people do not, um, like I said, do your homework. That is mm-hmm. the biggest thing. There are some places I won't do workshops at and. Um, because I just find them, it makes me feel dirty and, Mm. um, and that the people, I like it when there are, are excited people to, you know, that they're excited to be there. They're excited to show me what they can do as opposed to other places I've been to where I've been like, you know, let's do Q and A and let's do a deep Q and A. I'll, I'll answer any question. I will, you know, pull back the curtain and tell you anything you want to know. And talk about the other offices in my experience where I've worked so that you know you get that added value of like, oh, when I worked at St. Pillsbury, this is how we did it. When I worked at Jeff Greenberg, it was slightly different. So that you get the whole knowing that this isn't just one office and this is how it works. And when you, you know, you have the people, the actors sitting there just waiting to read for you with no questions. And I understand you've been doing it a while. You probably get a, you probably know the answers to a lot of them. It just makes me feel like. Oh, okay. Okay, I guess I don't have anything to say. Okay. <laughs> you know that sort yeah, of feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wow. I think the, you know that if if at the end of the day, if you don't feel like it's worth the money for you, don't do it. 
It's very, mm-hmm. it's a very simple thing. And, and I know it's a hot button, but I think there are some that are incredibly valuable and some that aren't mm-hmm. much like anything, you know? So, so if an actor chooses not to do the work- workshops, but okay. they want to get into your office, mm-hmm. um, what's the best way for them to go about that? Oh, that's a good question. If they don't have representation or if they do have representation? Um, let's say they do have representation. I mean, then that... Then that. Then, then they'll tell the, talk to their agent and say, get me into this I want I want to yeah. work on a... On a I want to work on Big Time Rush. Okay. I love that. I have nieces. I, and I've had that where people have been like... My, I have nieces and nephews or kids who will lose their mind if I can hmm. go... You know, that's great. You understand my world. That is half the battle. You know, that was really hard when, before Big Time Rush was on the air, we were still, you know, we were shooting and people had no concept of what, what the tone was, what we didn't have anything out in the world to show what we were looking for. That So when people come in and go, oh my God, my niece is so excited that I'm here. I'm like, great. So you've watched the show. They're like, oh yeah, I know every, I think I know every song. I'm like, fantastic. So you get it. Mm. Great. Cause it's what I call the Nick world is sort of hyper realism. It's, yeah. you know, it's. I like it grounded in truth. I like the realness of it. But you're like 110%. Mm-hmm. Not like schmacting. Right, you right. Know? Not but a cartoon like, character, but yeah. you're, yeah. So yeah. if someone can get, which is a hard thing to get to find that balance. Yeah. So if you watch the show, you know what we're looking for. Great. Okay. Wonderful. Wow. So know, know the, the tone of the work that you're, that you're of, the, of the work the office is doing. Yeah. And then just talk to your agent. So what if you don't have an agent? That is, I mean, that's a tough one. Yeah. Mailings work, but you know, even if I've um, never met you, I'll ch- yeah, I yeah. look at everything. You I still look at every look at the postcard and say, yeah. "Hey, that person looks like yeah. interesting." Okay, totally. I don't, you know, like there's people who would send. I remember year. This is ten years ago. Someone sent like a what are those? You know, the where you could look at the the slide in the yeah the like when you were a kid. Oh, those, um, Viewmaster. Viewmaster. Exactly. Well done. Um, he sent a Viewmaster. So it was in this box, you know, I'm thinking about the cost of the box, the Viewmaster and each image on the Viewmaster was him like as a cop or as a doctor (laughs) or as a this. And I, and we all sort of laughed about it. It was very clear. I couldn't tell you his name, Mm -hmm. but I just thought, how much money did you spend on that? And, and I still don't know if you can act. I just know that you chose to spend your money in this fashion. Right. Um, so, you know, to me, like send your, you know, it's, I, I read all the cover letters I do to me. I like, (laughs) I enjoy a good written letter. Mm. Um, you know, when people say like, I watch the show and I think you're great, or I've seen this other work that you've worked on and I would just love to meet you often. I'll just, you know, if, if they don't look too crazy and the writing is clear, I'll have my assistant set up a general. Sure. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Sweet. So before we wrap up, um, I have just a couple questions before our final two big questions. Okay. And these are really simple ones. I, I think. Okay. Famous last words. Okay. Uh, what's one thing that you wish actors would do less of? Worry. Hmm. I think they get, you know, that getting up in your head and worrying about, um, I can't, make a mistake because if I make a mistake, she's never going to bring me back in. Hmm. You know, that I've heard people say that to me like, well, I just know that, you know, I just messed this up and now they're never going to bring me back in. Why do you say that? Why is that? You know, it just makes me feel like we're like these, you know, gods sitting on clouds throwing thunderbolts down like (laughs) wrong, you know, like it's, that's crazy. You know, we, I think you have to be recognized that you're human and we all have bad days. And 
So this is not the end of the world. This is not going to ruin your career. Mm. This is an opportunity to have fun. Mm. So the worrying about that as opposed to, you know, like coming to play. I want you to succeed. I want that so badly. I want you to come in so that I can run out to my assistant, Susan, and be like, yes. You know, I love having options. I love meeting new people who just nail stuff. Like, that's yeah. great. Thank you. Um, that's my biggest, that's, yeah, that just that worry you get. I see it with my brother-in-law and I see it with all of our, our actor friends of like, oh, I didn't know that was terrible. I put my hand out and they didn't shake. And then I thought, oh God, <laughs> you know, that just super micro analyzing yeah, everything. Yeah. The postmortem as they call it. Um, yeah. you have to, you know, I think that stop worrying and start trusting yourself, trusting you have the skills, trusting you've done the work and yeah. that, you know, and that you're good enough. Hmm. Enough, yeah, and darn it, people. (laughs) And what's so? What's one thing then, actors, um, that you wish they would do more of? Um, I wish that I know it's gonna sound very funny. I wish that they would come in better prepared. Hmm. I'm kind of shocked, it's always shocking to me when someone doesn't have the sides when they walk in or that they you know, haven't even looked at them. I can't, I can't tell you at least I want to say once a week, twice a week. And that to me just makes me mad. That just makes me livid. Like I'm just, it makes me crazy. And I get it sometimes like your printer dies or whatever. And you've been looking at it on your iPad, but you want a hard copy. We always have hard copies, but <clears throat> I was at a friend's office a couple of weeks ago and someone walked in and said like, can I see the sides? What is this? And I this is not a commercial audition, which that happens where you don't have the sides available. Yeah. And know the difference is theatrical. Hmm. And the way that, as, as Colin Daniels said, the way that we were raised on Frasier, you were letter perfect when you came in. You did not replace an offer the, you were letter perfect. Hmm. And if you came in for a pre-read and you were not, Jeff would remind you to be letter perfect. Because particularly in comedy, I, th- I think comedy is poetry. It's, it's written in a very specific rhythm. And when you change the rhythm in the middle of it, you change what's the poetry of it. And also, <clears throat> a lot of the times, the writer is watching you, this audition, and you've changed his or her words. And yeah. they're thinking, is that funnier? God, that is funnier. And, they've lo- and you've lost them. And they're not paying mm-hmm. attention to you. So for me, comedy needs to be on book and you need to be prepared. Yeah. Drama, I think, is much more forgiving. If you're honest and real in the moment, they'll forgive that, you know. Yeah. Um, and to come in to have fun. Hmm. And you were chosen for some reason to come in. So show me what that reason is. You know, like just to come in and have fun. Show me like, great, excited to be here. Um, Jack Plotnick t- talks about nervous and excited, the difference between the two and nervous being negative and and excited being positive. And I do that in my own life when I'm going out for meetings on stuff. I'm excited to show them what I can do. I'm excited Mm. to tell them my ideas. I'm excited to meet these people and just see what, how we're going to collaborate. But the assumption that we will collaborate, if not on this one, then maybe on the next one. Right. Right. Yeah. I I just think that's kind of key. Yeah. That's great. (laughs) Wow. Awesome. Um, cool. So our final two questions, and we ask these of all our guests, all right. and we always get really fascinating answers. Okay. Um, I'm no pressure. 
Uh, first one is, do you feel like this career path chose you or do you feel like you chose it? Uh, I, uh, hmm. Wow. Where, hmm. I think this chose, I think it chose me. I think I, I can't, I said, you know, I, I love what I do. I love everything about it. And from the moment you get a script to read and names start coming in your head and all of that, I love it. Um, I couldn't imagine going, I, you know, I worked at NYU, I worked in art galleries and those were great places, you know, and I have friends who say like, Oh, can't imagine not having a nine to five, you know, steady gig, knowing that you get the two weeks paid vacation. And I was like, I did that. I can't imagine going back to it right now. Mm. Maybe later in my career, you know, being a casting executive, that would be fun to be sort of on the different other side of it. Um, but no, I love, I love that we work and just like you get jazzed in the morning to get up and go to work and all of that. I couldn't. Yeah. I think, I think it, yeah, this is just, because if you think about where I came from, a nice girl from Queens, you know, like to a casting director in LA, like it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, there was one moment, uh, I was working for Zane Pillsbury and Ted Wass, who was the, you know, on soap and was on Broadway and was the dad on blossom, you know, for, um, is it, yeah, is a director, very super talented director. And I grew up, you know, like seeing, watching him and being, loving him. And, He's sitting there showing me photos of his new grandbaby. And I'm, mm. you know, like in the moment, I'm like, oh, it's really, oh, my God, it's dead lost. Oh, my God, it's dead lost. Like, and I still have that, that just feeling yeah. like a kid in a candy store when I meet super talented people that I've admired for a long time. So. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Nerd. Second. Like I said, dork. Like his head, dork. Dude, dork is what we're all about, so that's cool. <laughs> Second question is, if you could distill all your experience, and we actually may have answered this already, just mm-hmm. but I'll ask it anyway. If you could distill all your experience and knowledge and everything that you've picked up along the, the journey into one nugget of wisdom to pass along to somebody else who's on this journey. And by journey, I don't necessarily mean in the industry. It could right. be. But... but on a creative journey, kind of swimming upstream in many ways as we, you know, creative types tend to do, what would that nugget of wisdom be? Um, I think when people tell you that you're crazy or anything like that, they're the crazy ones or they're the ones who just don't get you. When I was working at, at NYU at the Stern School of Business, you know, <clears throat> very uptight place, very talented, very smart people, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> not, you know, not my people. And I think the dean of the school introduced me as the crazy one. And I was desperately trying to be normal and fit in with them. Mm, mm. And and I thought, oh, you think this is crazy? <laughs> I'm keeping the you crazy down, you know? Yeah. But like, you know, at the time I, I have a... You know, not... It's very common now, but I have a tattoo around my ankle. I have, you know, like visible tattoos, which was insane. And I thought I was being super, you know, normal. Yes, exactly. Wearing pantyhose and all that stuff. And I thought, Oh, you think I'm crazy. So then when I went to work in casting and I was like, no, I wasn't crazy. I just was with the wrong crowd. I was with Mm. the wrong people. Um, and that keeping that being on, we've taught honesty is the biggest thing. I think just in this business and you're going to find agents and managers who tell you to shave your head, to dye your hair, to lose weight, to gain weight, to go to the gym, to not go to the gym, 
to get your teeth fixed, to do all this stuff. And if that doesn't feel right to you, don't do it because hmm. that's not who you are. You know, um, Ricky Lindholm, uh, who's in Garfunkel and Oates and also has a podcast called Making It, talked about she was in this class when she first came to L.A. and she would come home crying every night because this woman would just berate her and tell her terrible things. And, you know, she didn't realize, like, no, it's not that I'm a bad actor. It's that you're not a nice person and you weren't the good, (laughs) right, you know, acting coach for me. Mm. Whereas I've had other friends who have gone to friends that I love and have heard great things, acting coaches, and and, and they've gone, yeah, he's, he's just a little too soft for me. I need someone tougher. So, like, you have to, it's not you. Yeah. You have to be honest and be, know yourself. And on yeah. be true. You know, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. And, I, you know, that's such an empowering mindset to have mm-hmm. because, you know, Kevin Sorbo, um, my roommate has a book, I, I guess he wrote a memoir of some kind, and he actually had a lot of difficulty, even when he was working as Hercules on that show for years, he still had all sorts of kind of problems personally that, that you never would have thought seeing mm-hmm. him on screen. Um, but it's interesting because there's a quote from him where he says like, you know, for every audition or job that I booked, there were 200 easily that I didn't book. Sure. And if you just come from that mindset of, you know what, it, it's, it's just because it wasn't the right fit. It doesn't mean it has nothing to do with my ability. Right. You know, yes, I always want to be getting trained. I always want to be refining my, my skill set. Or owning my- the moment where owning your part in it. Like, did you have a shitty audition because you didn't prepare? Okay, that's on you. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have a shitty audition because you got in your head and because you didn't allow for enough time to get to wherever you were going and so you were late and so you were scattered? Okay, then you know to correct that the next time. It's not all... I, I think also that it has to. there has to be some self-reflection mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. process of like, what's me, what's you, what's just circumstance, and let's move on. Yeah. You know, I my... Uh, Sean, my brother-in-law, Sean Buckholtz, also a very talented actor, uh, was t- I was telling him a story about with my assistant. She made a mistake on something, and I said, okay, what happened here? What, 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 how did you make the mistake? And she said, well, I think what happened was I did this and I didn't do that. Said, okay, so this isn't going to happen again, right? And she went, no. I went, okay. And Sean was like, you said that to her? And I was like, what? Why? That's, we talked it out. You understand what you did wrong. You won't do it again. Okay. We're good. You yeah. know, and he was like, that just seems so hard. Like they, and I was like, well, we we broke it down. She knows what she did wrong. If she didn't know what she did wrong, we would have had a longer conversation. She knew. We fixed it. No harm done. You're yeah. human, you know, and I think that's what you have to do in life. Like, where did you, where did you make the mistake? Forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. Fix it. Move on. Yeah. I think a lot of times people, and particularly in LA, it's easy to do because you don't have a lot of control in I can. I didn't get in this room. I didn't do this. It wasn't me. It was them. Or my agent sucks. My manager sucks. Right. Easy to blame. <clears throat> but what are you doing in the room to help you? Yeah. And yeah. that being honest and like, oh, you know, I stayed out a little too late at my friend's birthday party, and I didn't really work that hard on these sides. So yeah, that's and, me. Yeah. And if you get quiet with yourself, you always know. Like, yeah, there's a course. part of you that just it knows the truth. It may yeah. be maybe difficult to look at, but. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Well, this has been really, really wonderful. Thank Sharon. you. This Thank has been you really so much. fun. If people want to find, stalk you on the internet, whatever, <laughs> things like that, are you, are you on Twitter, Facebook? I am on Twitter. Yeah. It's uh, GFloodNYC. Cool. Um, I'm on Facebook, but that's sort of my private, you know, 
yeah. keep it to family because no one wants to see photos of my seven-month-old niece, <laughs> even though she's adorable. Even though <laughs> she is so friggin' cute, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's probably Twitter is okay. probably the easiest Twitter, way to. Cool. Yeah. And we'll link to your IMDb awesome. uh, account and stuff like that. Great. Well, this has been really fantastic. Thanks Thank again for you. taking the time. Thank and, you so uh, much. Looking this forward fun. to what's next for your career. It's really we'll exciting. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> Trev and I went down south while, while y'all were listening. Got to some chili. Yes. Mm. Um, hopefully, Doug, that interview, love having ca- something about having casting directors and actors on this show that, like, I don't know, they're, they're such good storytellers. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's also the, the, the experiential yeah. stuff that's the closest to our everyday journey. True. You know, like, I feel like those yes. are the first two that, that, that are kind of the most meaty is the word that keeps coming up on this episode. I think yeah. it's the third time we've used that, but <laughs> the meatiest kind of stuff. And then after that, you've got filmmakers and agents. And then well, the after most that, accessible got, yeah. to like tangible, relatable. Yeah. Yes. But you also said that they're good storytellers. <laughs> like that's huge. The ability to tell a story is I think an oft undervalued skill set in yeah. our culture today. Well, then we also get to absorb the information in an entertaining way, yeah. which is what we're trying to do with the entire show period full stop you know that's what we want to do with this show so yeah it's yeah. cool to have our guest just easily you know fit into that yeah that that ideal yeah <clears throat> absolutely amen well jerilyn we're gonna miss you <laughs> thank you for uh come back <laughs> uh what is your pick of the week um my pick of the week i think we talked about it before the the sh- we started recording you may have actually discussed this yeah i, th- I think product we, before maybe but- maybe not <clears throat> but I don't think it was a pick of the week. <clears throat> so here we go. Um, my pick of the week is this service called unroll.me. Uh, that's the website as well, unroll.me. We'll have a link on our website. But it's basically um, you, you type in your um, email address and password into this website, and it um, looks at um, your inbox and fi- somehow, I don't know how the hell they do this, but it finds every single subscription that you're subscribed to. Um, and I was, I did this with a client the other day who has like this old, you know, internet, uh, this old internet service provider email, like an SBC global account or something like that. And it found like 263, you know, subscriptions in her thing because she gets thousands of emails and she doesn't, you know, she, she's, that's why she's one of my clients. She doesn't understand how to unsubscribe and all this stuff. So what it does is you put, you put in your email address, it looks through your inbox, finds every single subscription, and then you get to go through and choose whether you're going to unsubscribe from that subscription, you know, forever, or, um, do what's called add it to your rollup. And your rollup is basically all of the email subscriptions that you want to continue receiving, rolled up into one nice neat little package um and one single email <clears throat> it's one single email and um uh you you actually can log into your unroll uh account on their website and view it there um and you still get all of those emails except they are automatically filtered into a folder so it's there's it's really cool there's like three different ways to go about it so the ones that you add to your roll up um 
you still receive them, but they go into a folder instead of into your inbox. Um, and that, of course, lives on the server, and you can look at it anytime you want, and you can look at them as individual emails. You also get one email that's like a summary email, um, and you can choose to receive those daily or weekly, huh. um, which is also really cool. And then you can log into the website, and then the website has like, it's crazy. You can look it up by date, by category. You can literally say, like, I only want to look at the ones that have to do with shopping. I only want to look at the ones that have to do with travel. And if they're there, they're there. And if they're not, like, if you didn't get any, then they won't be there. I have not started the process myself. I've just used it on a couple of, of, of clients now. Yeah, it, it's... I don't, there's no catch. It seems cool. like a really cool service. So cool. Yeah. I, I've heard of it before, but I, I never actually dug into it. I, I just kind of, I heard about the idea of mass unsubscribing from things or batching them together. And I just was like, Oh, that's a good idea. And then I went into my email and just ended up unsubscribing one by one from the things that <laughs> yeah, didn't bring me did. a ton of value. Yeah. Uh, but that sounds like a great tool, man. Yeah. I swear, man, like if you have the ability to invest in software or tech startups of any kind, that, that sector is going to explode over the next five to 10 years. Like that's going to be where people make a lot of money if they play their cards right. You mean email or tech? Tech, just yeah. the tech world in general, but you know, specifically apps, uh, whether they're iPhone or, or Android apps or whether they're specific web apps like unroll.me. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's going to be so much growth there, like exponential growth. Um, note to self. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'm going to start shaving my pennies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's your pick of the week, my friend? Uh, well, I did a lot of driving ba- back and forth to, from here to Mendocino. Uh, it stopped in San Francisco and saw my brother there. So, uh, I got a lot of time to listen to stuff in the car. You know, I loaded up my, my iPod with, um, some podcasts and some Christmas music and things Yay. like that. I have a rule where I don't listen. I like, I don't even acknowledge Christmas until after Thanksgiving. <laughs> when people like start selling Christmas stuff, like around Halloween, I get so pissed off. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but I'm like, are you serious right now? Let me enjoy one holiday at a time. Um, oh, speaking of which, uh, it's Hanukkah as well. Hanukkah. Started, oh, it is. Hanukkah started really early this year. Yeah. Um, it started, I think on Thanksgiving. Hmm. So, uh, happy Hanukkah. If you, uh, if you celebrate that. Absolutely. Happy Hanukkah. Uh, so, so my pick of the week, all of this is to say my pick of the week is this American life, the yes. podcast, this American life, which so good. has been like the number one podcast on iTunes for years. Yep. And I didn't even know what it was until a couple years ago. And then. Finally, somebody said, uh, oh, you know what? It was only like a year ago when um, that guy who wrote that play, that one man play about Apple abusing Chinese workers or something. You oh, know? yeah. What's um, that guy's name? Mike, Mike, Michael. Mike something. Day. What, what I, for, his I forget his name, but somebody said, like, oh, yeah, they, he, they interviewed him on This American Life, and it was a super awkward interview because. You know, he didn't have responses to a lot of the questions and he admit, had to admit that he had made stuff up. And, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I basically got hooked on the podcast yeah. from then. And I, I feel, I've fallen behind, but I spent the car ride. I like knocked out like six or seven episodes. Nice. And it is such a great um, podcast because it's all about stories. Yeah. That's all it is. And yeah. it's really well produced. And Ira Glass, of course, we love. We reference him on the podcast every now and again. He's a friggin' genius. Yeah. And um, I, I was thinking about how it applies to an actor's life. And it's really just, just immersing oneself in stories and storytelling and what it yeah. is to experience this world from all these different vantage points, all these different circumstances. And 
people reacting the way that, it's almost like self-discovery through these crazy stories. Like some of the stories are like almost unbelievable, yeah, but they're real. And so it's, it's just an awesome, awesome kind of thing. I, I, I definitely approve of that input into my life, you know? Yeah. Speaking of inputs, you know, if you're unrolling from, uh, many inputs in your email, this is something you could replace that those attention units with. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, great, great, uh, great podcast. This American life. Yes. And then we have a listener pick of the week. This comes from a uh, listener, one of our international listeners, Yana Chris. She recommends a, a book, uh, from a gentleman who is on our Facebook group. Uh, and, uh, he's written it. His, um, yeah, Jordan. Yeah. Ansel Jordan and And, uh, his book is called, behind the lines, what it really takes to make it as an actor. Now I, I haven't read this book, but Yana read it and said it's fantastic. And, uh, the description on Amazon is that, uh, Jordan is a former successful commercial actor with over 20 years in the entertainment industry. Uh, and he's maintained an impressive number of relationships with some of Hollywood's top professionals that he understands firsthand how actors can struggle on their journey, and he strives to, pr- provi- to provide valuable and useful information so one may avoid the common pitfalls and obstacles that stand in the way of success. It sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't read it, but it sounds like it's a it's a fantastic resource for actors looking to kind of maybe absorb some some information from other sources in a different format. Uh, and uh, maybe we should check it out. I mean, he's on the group, but he's always kind of posting. Um, prompts you know about goal setting and and maintaining relationships and things like that so um happy to give a shout out to that uh, so make sure you guys check it out again that's uh behind the lines what it really takes to make it as an actor and that's uh, a book by jordan and so i've got a link to it on our website boom boom <clears throat> that's about it then for episode 125 yeah yeah um the only other thing that i wanted to to mention before we wrap up here is um yeah i yeah. just simply because i don't want us to you know ignore it um which is uh, the death of um fast and furious star uh, paul walker yeah this uh this past week weekend um it's really fascinating i know everybody's commenting on the irony of how it happened um, <clears throat> I've, I've read some stuff about, um, this particular vehicle, which, um, even it's a, it's a Porsche, but it's a very specific, um, uh, uh, model of Porsche. And even the, the, I think they said like the president or owner of Porsche has said like, it's one of the most dangerous cars on the road. And like, there's been, you know, race car drivers who have said like this particular vehicle, um, demands respect, Mm. Um, and he wasn't even driving. He was the passenger. Yeah, yeah. He was the passenger. So, um, really tragic. Um, one of the interesting thing that things that comes up for me, well, <coughs> I was thinking, you know, fortunately it wasn't another one of those stories where like someone OD'd, yeah. you know, like, um, we just had that, you know, we just had that kid from, from Glee, um, and, uh, you know, of course there's like Heath Ledger, there's all these uh, stories of, of these actors who OD and it's like, uh, it's obviously really sad. So, I, you know, in a way I was, I was glad that it wasn't that again, obviously it's still tragic that, you know, someone died. But then the other thing that, that came up for me is it's, it's just such a weird thing to think 
who else died in a car accident? You know, it was like Thanksgiving this weekend and like every, you know, it's like the most traveled holiday in the, in the United States. Like how many other people died, you know, in car crashes and, and, and it was not news worthy. It was not, yeah. you know, whatever. I saw several actually <clears throat> on my way back from uh, Mendocino. Yeah, I bet. I bet yeah. that, that drive. So, you know, I guess, um, not deaths, but car accidents, car accidents yeah. like mini, you know, bumper things. Yeah. So I guess, I guess the thing that I wanted to say is, is, you know, my, my heart goes out to, to him, his family and, and friends. And I also just want to use it as an opportunity to acknowledge, you know, anyone else who may have lost a loved one recently, mm. you know, that, that wasn't publicized yeah. like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I don't, I don't know Paul Walker's career that well. I don't really, I never really followed him. I, I've seen a few of his movies. Um, but everything that I've read about him since this, since his death is like the dude is leaving a major legacy and it's not for his film work necessarily. It's for his charity work and mm. all the, the comments that I'm reading on Facebook or Twitter or, you know, comments on the Huffington post article and whatnot. Everybody is saying, you know, like, yeah, thank you for your film work, but wow. Like you lived such a generous life and he was on his way to a charity event for a foundation that I think he founded or was somehow deeply involved with when this happened. And so you've got a guy here that just lived, it seems to me a life of service. Hmm. So, I mean, talk about, you know, leaving a legacy and, and having an opportunity now to reevaluate, geez, how am I spending my time? You know, am I, am I living a life that if I were to, you know, knock on wood, God forbid, die in a car accident today, would I have left the same mark on the world? The same kind of legacy of, of, you know, like servitude and, 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 um, generosity and all that good stuff that's really what it's all about yeah yeah it's uh that's why we're actors i think yeah acting is greatly being in service to humanity Mm -hmm. i think yeah i'm with you on that for sure and so you know i'm i'm thankful that it it was inspiring as opposed to i mean it's still tragic but as opposed to just being tragic yeah you know yeah um Cool. Well, I, you know, I didn't want to end on a downer, but I also didn't want to, you know, no, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that. We talked about that and I'm glad you brought that up. Um, cause I would have passed right over it. Um, cool. Well, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. So for episode 125, lots of different ways that you can, uh, be in touch with and support the podcast. We haven't gotten a lot of email questions or voicemails to the podcast lately. So Feel free to utilize that. <laughs> um, if you want your voice in the podcast uh, in any way, shape, or form, feel free to shoot us an email at insideactingpodcast at gmail.com and or leave us a voicemail at 2132-ACTORS. That's 213-222-8677. Yes. There it is. Um, and that's how you can get your voice on the podcast. We can also take questions through our Facebook and Twitter accounts, but that's more about you know supporting the podcast with word of mouth. Um same with the reviews that you can leave on Actorated and iTunes. And if um, you'd like to support us financially, you can always head over to the website, InsideActingPodcast.com, and donate either by uh, leaving one lump sum or becoming a, a patron of the podcast, and you could be uh, the future patron of the week on an episode. That's right. And have your um, photo and blurb on our patron page and 
all sorts of fun stuff that we have kind of coming up too. So thank you to everybody who's listening. Um, happy belated Thanksgiving, whether for you're a US listener, whether you're <laughs> yeah, whether you're a US listener or not. Until next week, for our production coordinator Jen Levin, for our technical producer Cesar Gamino, I am your co-host Trevor Algott. and I'm AJ Meyer. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, how are you being in service? This episode of Inside Acting has been brought to you in part by Rehearsal 2, the app for actors. Want to learn your lines fast? Be off book for auditions? Explore your characters and make stronger choices? There's an app for that. Rehearsal 2. Download it now at rehearsaltheapp.com slash download. That's rehearsaltheapp.com slash download.